0: Well, Aloha from Maui, Hawaii. My name is Michael Benner, and this now is the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School for the next 90 minutes or so, maybe a little longer than that. My intention was to do these programs in an hour, or a little more than an hour. And we've been doing them for just a little over two years now, and I've never done one. <laughs> that was That was only an hour. And they've gotten gradually longer and longer and longer, and I'm trying to keep them concise, but some things you just need the time, and most of what we talk about week after week in the mystery school really merits a little bit of time so i'm gonna I'm gonna shoot for ninety minutes, and if we can do that, that's fine, and if we run over, that's okay. I can't imagine ever going over two hours. So you can always listen live with us every Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock West Coast time, 4 o'clock in the East. It's 20 hours Greenwich in the summertime. It's actually 21 hours Greenwich in the winter time when people drop daylight savings time. So hello to Europe. We get calls from Europe and um, in the Middle East and even Asia sometimes. So whether it's by telephone or you can ask your questions and make your comments with the text box on the page in front of you as well. In fact, you can do that at any time. And uh, in about 30 or 40 minutes, I'll go to those questions and, and those comments. And Again, you have a choice. You can either listen or participate by web feed, by text, or by telephone. And if you go to the telephone, once you enter the ID... And you can find a local telephone number. There's a button there for that. And um, once you enter the conference ID, whichever number you use, uh, choose an area code near you, right? And um, once you do that, if you want to raise your hand and ask your question, press star 2 on the telephone touchpad to do that. It's all voice prompted, very, very straightforward. So let's talk about problem-solving and decision-making. We're on Lesson 4 of the Six Session Fly Program, Learn to Fly, Feeling Like Yourself. Um, Everybody wants to change the world. Few people think of changing themselves, and yet that's really the only thing you can control is yourself. It's odd. Um, There's a great uh, Hindu quotation um, about, you can cover the world with leather to avoid injuring your feet, or you can just put on slippers or shoes. And isn't it easier to change yourself than change the world around you? Um, and it's not that the world does not need changing, for surely it does, but again, I insist the best way to change the world is still to put it in order, you know, work on yourself first, and then give that to the world to the world Um, even in career and relationship we're looking out into the world for something to fill us up if we would but look inside and understand ourselves and by that we're talking about study mindfulness meditation uh, all techniques that we cover week after week in this free mystery school that's when the outer world begins to make sense to you I really like the Carl Jung quote that's in this week's Personal Empowerment Newsletter, where he says, when you look outside, you dream. Not that that's a bad thing, but that's what you're doing, basically. The reality you believe surrounds you is actually being compiled inside your head uh, via some very limited senses, rather miraculous senses. But... (laughs) Nevertheless, you cannot see light above violet. You cannot see light below red. You cannot hear sound above 20,000 cycles per second. And uh, you get much lower than 35 or 40 hertz, and you're not going to be able to hear that sound either. Uh, Your ability to feel tactily in the same way uh, is somewhat limited. So with these slivers of information, we dream. You look outside into the world, and you're basically dreaming. Jung reminds us it's when we look inside that we awaken. And that's truly uh, one of a, uh, a million ageless wisdoms, to look inside, to use that third eye, that inner eye, uh, to know thyself, as the ancient Greeks said. Uh, to Lao Tzu said the same thing. It's it's wise, he said, to know others, but to know yourself can bring enlightenment, real awareness, and then an unmitigated peace and happiness and, and joy and and freedom and even power uh, to be a better problem solver and decision maker. So, that's where we are now. Session four today of the six-part fly program is about problem solving and then next week, the only other kind of problem there is, decision making. Now, let's start with that. I'm going to suggest to you that in the most general way, you know how I feel about being limited to binary thinking, either or, black or white, everything or nothing, all right or all wrong, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, That's a real trap. But as an approach to understanding bifurcation, to divide something into two is a reasonable first step. And if we divide all of our problems into two categories, we can see that uh, there's one type that we're very familiar with, and that's the problem that needs a solution. When we're in school, this is the one we learn about almost exclusively the idea is here's a problem could be math class could be science could be history right geography it doesn't really but could be home act or shop class it doesn't really matter here's a problem here's a question you find the answer you find the solution or the resolution to this problem and once you do your problem is solved And the implication is clear. If you have a solution to a problem, the problem is solved, over and done, move on to the next problem, right, or advance a grade in school. Then you get out into the real world and you're baffled because there's really this other kind of problem, the one we're going to begin with, actually, and address today, which is, wait a minute, I know the solution. (laughs) <laughs> I'm real clear on the answer the right answer the right thing to do the desired outcome the goal or the results that I that I want to create that would fix all of this oh man I'm totally clear my problem is I don't know how to do it I don't know how <laughs> they didn't tell us about this in school I don't have enough money I don't know the right people. I can't meet that deadline. These technical specifications are unclear to me. There's something in the in the means, the ways and means, or the strategies, uh, the plan, the how-to that's missing. So I'm suggesting that there's many kinds of problems, but in the simplest way we can look at them as if there were two giant categories. The problems where you have no idea what you want, you're looking for a solution, right? And this second type, the problem where you do know what you want, but you're looking for how to get to, how to make it happen, how to get there, how to bring it about, how to manifest it, how, right? Not what. And so... What do I want is one kind of problem. How do I get it is another kind of problem right You can also look at the who what, where, whens, and whys of it, but that's what it really comes down to and problem solving and decision making Now, I'd like to approach those in reverse order uh, or what might be reverse order. I'd like to talk today about the problem solving and next week the decision making in other words, next week by decision making. I mean, how do we decide what we want, which solution? How do we realize or discover a solution or an answer to our problem? Uh, It might be right in front of you, and it might require uh, uh, some serious due diligence, but we're going to talk about three approaches to making a decision about what solves this problem. What is the answer? Make a choice. What do I want to do? Right? not just what's the right answer for everybody. It's often something very personal. I'm buying a new car. I don't know, you know, Honda, Toyota, uh, Subaru, Chevrolet, Ford um, makes and models and colors and styles. I'm looking for a solution to this problem. Right? That's decision making. We'll talk about that next week. Today I want to talk about problem solving, which is let's presume you know what you want. There's many, many problems you have where you know exactly the solution, <laughs> right? You can taste it. You can you can close your eyes. You can imagine having it. In fact, that's one of the means of getting it is keeping your attitude positive, so-called PMA. Positive mental attitude runs through all personal development uh, literature and spiritual development literature, for that matter. But first things first, got to develop the persona before we can move beyond it. So many problems are of this type. Yeah, I know what I want the desired result, the goal, the solution. I know the make, model, the style, the color. I know the answer to this trick, okay, whatever it may be, but my problem is the path. My problem is the strategy and the tactics within the strategy that takes me from where I am to the destination, to the objective or the goal. My problem is I don't know how to get there, get it, or make it happen. So what do we do when we have that kind of problem? I'm going to offer you two basic techniques today. One, you're probably familiar. Yeah, you may even be familiar with both of them. But I think as you uh, review them or maybe learn them today and then contrast them next week to this other kind of problem and the two techniques or three techniques I'll offer you next week, yeah it's three techniques next week and two unique techniques today. These five techniques will work together in an approach to solving problems that will allow you to be ever more graceful and elegant, efficient, efficacious uh in in resolving these issues, right in this alchemical transmutation of lifting uh, ignorance to understanding, which we do repeatedly and many philosophers believe is the meaning of life, is to solve problems. It's odd how many of us, you know, I'm trying to, I can only generalize here. I'm wondering, is it all of us? Is it some of us to some degree? I'll let you decide are looking for a place where there are no problems I think the weakest link in the chain that is the American dream is and then you'll get to a place where there are no problems it's not just the house and the white picket fence uh, the golden retriever and the SUV the 2.3 kids uh, all of that stuff that's that's a big part of it. But a belief that the so-called American dream is, and then I'll get to a place of security. I'll have lots of strong military weapons around me. That'll make me secure. Doesn't seem to be working for us. I'll have money in the bank. I'll invest in Wall Street, and that'll make me secure. We even have a securities and exchange commission to make me secure. Well, You've seen there's no security and national security, uh, bombs and guns and war, and certainly Wall Street does not have your safety uh, in mind. Nor does the Federal Securities and Exchange Commission, though it's a public agency. Uh, they're uh, they're asleep on the job. Secure really means self care. To be secure, to be safe, is uh, really to... Again, take care of yourself. You can't do anything for another person that you're unable or unwilling to to do for yourself. So, problem solving in this case is about our approach today is going to be about those problems where a, a super uh, high grade industrial strength version of positive thinking is required and necessary. And again, it needs to be applied on a daily basis for any particular problem or every particular problem in an alpha brainwave level, in states of security, states where you feel physically, physiologically safe and relaxed, secure enough for the brain to slow down Right, from 10 thoughts per second to 5 thoughts to 3 thoughts to 1 thought for 1 second and maybe the same thought for 2 or 3 seconds and maybe even 1 thought for 5 seconds instead of 5 thoughts per second it's a very different place and you can go there I know lots of us are addicted to multitasking and the The experience that we're getting so much done, it's like believing you're getting someplace in a rocking chair, however, you'll do a lot of work, but you're really not getting any place. The multitasker, even if they're accomplishing something in the physical world, that's an outpicturing of a chaotic brain state where every thought just gets a fraction of your attention. If we're going to solve the problems where we already know what we want, our topic today, this this first category, then we're going to need the full attention, the power, the concentrated power of the mind thinking of one thing at a time to realize the best means to bring this about. and to to impress the brain in such a way that it works 24-7 to solve the problems, to to create, to bring about, uh, to, to manifest the solution that you already have in mind. Even when you sleep at night, the subconscious mind, the part of you that continues to be alert and awake, if not consciously. The subconscious mind that breathes you while you sleep and and beats your heart and digests food and repairs and replaces cells and fights disease. It's solving problems. What problems is it solving? Both kinds, the kinds where you don't know what you want and it's dreaming up things that might make you happy, and then our topic for the day today, problem solving, it's helping you figure out how to get to a desired goal that you already have held clearly in your mind. But to hold it in normal consciousness, to think about your solution in a positive way while you're doing 18 other things, well, that's better than thinking negatively about it, but... You're still sharing your awareness with all these other ideas competing for your attention. Hey, did you get the car fixed? Did you buy the gasoline? Did you pay that bill? Did you remember the lock the door? What about the cat? Oh, your driver's license is about to expire. That reminds me I gotta get my passport renewed. How about social security? And did you get those income taxes done? <laughs> right? And that chatter goes on and on and you think in With that kind of a backdrop, you're going to be your best at positive thinking. Oh, good. The glass is half full. (laughs) I'll get there somehow. That's not enough. That's not enough. The law of attraction, as this has come to be called, doesn't work very well in normal consciousness. It's one of the weaknesses, again, of many of these self-improvement books that talk about uh, mind mapping and clustering and journaling and goal setting and positive thinking and manifesting your dreams and all of that stuff. The one little itty-bitty element they often leave out, not always, but often leave out, Maybe the most important bit, and that's that this thinking needs to be done at a level of safety, relaxation, true security, where the mind is so free of the fight-or-flight response and the body is so free from adrenaline that your mind can focus, can concentrate, can settle in on a particular thought, I get an image of a of a butterfly or a moth that's just flitting around from one place to another and never really settling, what, using the alpha brainwave levels between awake and asleep, a real meditation or contemplation, doesn't matter what what approach, what school you went to, how holy you think the meditation is—it's also simply a brainwave state you can go to for a million reasons, right? Where you see bigger pictures, where you're more likely to see the connection, and and take a step back and without dissociating, become detached and see the gestalt, the bigger picture, so-called. And, and feel the harmony where other people are seeing only unity. Uh, meditation allows you to bring order out of chaos and elevate your perspective to rather stand above it all. And it also tends to accelerate the development or the unfoldment of your values, your ethics, your morality, the things you care about, and the priorities that, that they, they have in your life. Meditation does that as well. Well, we're talking about meditating on a solution. This lesson number four in the Fly program is about using guided imagery and visualization to laser beam 100% of your attention on a desired outcome. Because if the dream isn't Clear and specific, how's it going to happen? If you look at others in the field, like Stephen Covey has a wonderful phrase. I like, I like quotable quotes that are very, very short. They're the most powerful sometimes. And Stephen Covey has a, uh, a great quotation along these lines where he says simply begin with the end in mind begin with the end in mind, right? That's exactly what we're talking about today. If you don't have a specific, detailed uh, end in mind, destination, outcome, result, how are you going to know what direction to move in? See, the important thing about a goal, Steve and I talk a lot about this in our premium audio programs, uh, focusedpassion.com. I want to remind you more about that at the end of the program today. But we've done several programs uh, where we talk about the importance of understanding a goal or a result, a desired outcome, as more than a mere destination, as a direction to begin to move in. You see, most people are just running away from what they do not want. You see the feeling. Can you feel the feeling next time you're on the freeway? I think of LA freeways—the 35 years that I drove on LA freeways—and you know, it's not just that people who drive home from work are going 80, 90 miles an hour recklessly and. They're not in a hurry to get home. They drive that way on the way to work. And wherever they happen to be going, could be to the grocery store or the kids' soccer game, they're running away. That frenzied, uh, competitive, freeway driving that you see in many big cities is the feeling of running away, the power to run away from. And it's fear-based. And it's very different than the love-based feeling of moving toward what you do want. Okay, That's called excitement. That's positive. And so in order to have that positive orientation and move directly toward what you want, you have to know what it is. You have to have the goal in mind when you begin. I like to give Covey attribution for that. I think it's absolutely... A brilliant thing to say. <laughs> For example, <clears throat> let me develop this a little bit further. This idea that a, a a goal is is not only your your destination, your desired destination, but moreover, and perhaps more importantly, a direction to begin to move in. Because as you get closer and closer to your goal to your outcome your result you may change your mind a little bit you might wanna wanna modify your outcome your goal a little bit as you get closer wouldn't that make sense i often think of myself crossing these mountain streams up in the sierras i used to do a lot of backpacking in the california mountains and often especially in the summer when the streams went down a little bit, there'd be these stepping stones, almost as if arranged by the Park Service. But these rocks, you could use jumping from one rock to another uh, to get to the other side. And uh, if that wasn't there and the water was pretty deep, sometimes the Park Service would put a footbridge. depends on how big a trail. And if you're off trail or back country, well, you pretty much just got to go out there and get wet. A lot of hikers carry a second pair of uh, tennis shoes with them uh, so they can uh, let their boots dry out if you have to wade in the stream. But I'm often now fantasizing about backpacking, and the story I want to tell is simply that if you stand on one shore deciding every stone you're going to jump to in order to get to the other side, before you begin, you have, a, you have a goal in mind. You're beginning with an end in mind. But even choosing the path uh, should be done with uh, understanding that as you begin to walk on these stepping stones or leap or jump from one stone to another, that your perspective is going to improve, not just change, but improve and become more accurate as you approach the other shore. And so, what you thought was going to be an easy jump might turn out to be farther than you realized when you're on the opposite shore, and you're going to have to reconnoiter. And the people who are really good at this, who spend a lot of time hiking up there, they just go, and they don't even think much about it. And it often just works out. But if you stand there and think it through and ponder, (laughs) you know, paralysis by analysis and figure every step, it's likely you won't even get to the other side. So there's something in mind science, uh, a process of moving toward the goal that you've already determined for yourself, like a heat-seeking missile. It's what you should, should say to yourself, or what you could say to yourself, is ready, aim, fire, aim, 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 aim. You see, you're not an arrow once shot that cannot be recalled. You are, in fact, as Maxwell Maltz wrote 50 years ago, a cybernetic system, psycho-cybernetics. The mind works with a feedback loop. You have two minds. So you have an intention, but... You're getting feedback as you jump from stone to stone, and you can respond and react to your environment. That's all cybernetics is. Any system that reacts or responds to its environment. Thermostat on the wall is a great example of a cybernetic system. It gets too cold and it turns off the AC, and if it keeps getting colder, the heater goes on, and that piece of metal in there, a couple of... A bimetal strip expands and contracts and decides whether to turn off the AC and when to turn on the heater and vice versa. That's a cybernetic system. Human beings work the same way. So don't be afraid to begin to move in the direction of your desired goals and outcomes. That fear is simply a feeling of what you don't know and... The way to get there is to face that fear, to take a look directly at what you don't know. How else are you going to understand it and uplift it from ignorance to understanding, from that which is unknown and scary to that which is known? And now here comes the excitement. Now you're really motivating yourself. Okay, begin with the end in mind. The cubby says, and that's what lesson four is about. This idea that. It's not only a goal, it's a direction to begin to move in, and you may adjust that goal as you get closer and closer to it. But I also want you to know the difference between moving toward a determined outcome, a desired outcome, a goal or solution, and what most people call living life, which is simply running away from what they don't want. Avoiding disaster. Avoiding the negative consequences of your life. Um, I just remembered something else I wanted to tell you from a few minutes back. Avoiding what you don't want is is not a progression. It's not moving toward. It's 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 not a goal. And the laws of mind that we're going to talk about today can't work. There's a little loose end from about 10 minutes ago I want to tie up. I began to talk about how part of the American dream was people wanting to get to a place where they had no problems. I want to go back and pick that up at this point and sort of stitch this all together by saying the alternative to that kind of foolishness is to desire to be a better problem solver. Uh, That's what we're looking for, to be a better problem solver to learn from your mistakes, surely, uh, to avoid or sidestep problems that you've already solved in your life and now you see them coming a mile away. You're you're not going to make that mistake again, right? Um, So this whole idea of trying to find security that I was talking about a few minutes ago, uh, I want to go beyond simply telling you what not to do and remind you that If what not to do is try to get to a place where there are no problems, everybody's got problems, rich people, poor people, happy people, sad people, get hip. It's about being a better problem solver, uh, a more effective, uh, I would say even elegant um, agent for change. That's what you are. You're an agent for change, and you're changing yourself as a contribution to the world, you got the order down. You're not going to cover the world with leather to save your feet. You're going to put on some shoes and then go out into the world. All right. Responsibility. Uh, a, a, a couple other examples I have for you of the importance of seeing the glass as half full. Um, I think that is a realistic point of view. Real uh, negative people like to call themselves realists. No, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist (laughs) I know things are going to go to hell (laughs) that's called self-fulfilling prophecy so we need to talk about seeds for a minute here hold on a second there may be no greater allegory for the law of attraction for for positive thinking and manifestation than the the one invoked by Jesus of Nazareth which is... um, the idea of the of the seed of reaping what you sow, of reaping exactly what you sow, and Christ uses this over and over again. Uh, he talks at one point about sowing seed, and some seed will fall on rocky soil and will never grow, and, and some seed may fall into a swampy boggy area that's too wet, and um, or gets too much sun or not enough sun, and will not grow but some seed uh will will grow so keep that in mind as a way of sort of creating a more accurate context for the idea of whatever you sow that's what you're going to reap uh if you want watermelons you're going to have to plant watermelon seeds and uh <laughs> if you have Watermelon seeds, then the only thing you're going to be able to grow is watermelons. So if you have a nasty, negative outlook on life, life will cooperate with you and give you the nastiest, most negative results to prove you right. One of the icons of the Buddha is the Laughing Buddha. And sometimes Buddhists will. Uh, debate what's so damn funny and I, I I think one of the things that Buddha's got to be laughing at is understanding the power of the mind or even making an approach to understanding how the mind works is it self-fulfilling prophecy so that whatever you tend to believe you're going to generate or create whatever you sow so it is that that you shall reap right you shall be known by your fruits. Or uh, another one Christ used was about if you had as much faith in yourself as this mustard seed has in itself. If you knew your destiny the way this mustard seed, this tiny, tiny little seed, a uh, speck of a seed grows into this big mustard tree, um, you could tell the mountain to go from here to there. And it, that that level of faith would move mountains for you. Well, you're the mountain, right? Your your world view, your limited thinking is the mountain that disappears when you change the way you think, the way you view things. So, this idea of positive thinking, of being a better problem solver is more than a psychology to trick you into thinking things are better than they really are. It's the way the mind works. The mind is positive by its very nature, although you can use that positive mind to create some very negative things, garbage in, garbage out, put in wonderful things and wonderful things come up. If, for example, I say to you right now, do not think of a rainbow. Every one of you, I guarantee, just saw a rainbow. And then maybe you put a big X through it and tossed it away in your mind, or you crumpled up the paper (laughs) and threw it away. You can't help yourself. Do not think of a zebra. There you go again. You went from full color to black and white. Why are you doing that? I'm telling you not to do that. Billy, get out of the street. You're going to get hit by a car. Zoom, bam, oh, Billy, you never listened to me. Oh, yeah, he did. Sure he did. Why, why do you talk to and, and other people like that? See, We don't even know the power of our mind. Oh, that kills me. You know, that just burns me up. What a pain in the tuchus that guy is. Why would you, given what you know about suggestion and the power of thoughts and words, why would you do that? Oh, and the people that argue for their horrible memory, you know. They get 10 feet out the door, and they go, oh, I forgot my thing, and turn around and go back. And, you only got 10 feet. Why don't you say, oh, I just remembered my briefcase or whatever. What a good memory I have. But no, we say, oh, boy, am I an idiot. I, I don't know. I must be going senile here. I'd uh, uh, you know lose my brain uh, if it wasn't screwed onto my... Uh, uh, shoulders or some whatever is that saying people use at self-deprecating humor uh, well hey the subconscious mind is listening to you and if that's what you want to argue for your limitations then they're yours argue for your limitations and they're yours the importance of again beginning with a goal in mind let's say that we're on the uh, one side of a wide, fast river, and um, on the other side, and we've got a boat—a little speed boat, little—it could be a fishing boat. It's got a little engine on it. And on the other side of the river is the boat house. So it's pretty wide. It's pretty fast. A lot of current. And so uh, I say to you, you know, I want to cross this river, and um, I don't remember my algebra well enough to actually chart a course, but I understand the current moving downstream is going to carry us downstream as we cross, so I'm going to shoot upstream a little bit and uh, sort of adjust for that. And maybe you point out that, oh, listen, by the way, you know, if you're allowing for the current carrying you downstream, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a pretty strong wind that's blowing in the opposite direction blowing upstream. And you might want to account for that how much of the boat is below the waterline and the pressure of the current carrying you down and how much of the boat is above the waterline and going to catch the wind and resist the wind as it's pushed in the other. Well, again, I could sit down and chart some whole course and head off but something's going to change we'll find the current is not all that consistent, or the wind speed keeps changing, or even the direction of the wind changes, or something falls out of the boat, and now the boat doesn't displace as much water, and so the impact of the current carrying you downstream is not as significant. What's my point? Whether you set the course do the math, or just say the hell with it, I don't remember how to do that stuff anyway, jump in the boat and dead reckon, you're aiming after you've already left. It's ready, aim, fire, aim, 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 aim. As long as you have something to aim at, as long as you have that goal or destination in mind, It doesn't matter if the current carries you downstream. You adjust. You see it happening. Or the wind blows you upstream. You adjust. Or between the wind and the current, you're pushed back and forth. It doesn't matter. You keep your eye on the prize. And you keep adjusting. Ready, aim, fire, aim, 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 aim. But you've got to have that goal in mind. This is the importance of positive thinking. Your dreams can't come true if you don't have any. Right. So don't let yourself be talked out of the importance, the value of positive thinking by some pessimist uh, who calls himself or herself a realist. Why negative thoughts and negative outcomes are somehow more realistic than positive outcomes I've never really understood. Why does the realist or the pessimist, who's thinking constantly about all the different ways things could go south on you, and then they tend to create that because those are the seeds they plant, failure, 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 right? So, of course, they increase the likelihood they're going to fail, and then they act like it's fate and destiny. And they were just tipped to it all along. See, I told you this was going to fall apart. Like, any idiot can tell you what cannot be done, and maybe even be right most of the time. A positive thinker may not be right all the time, but they're having a great time being right when they are right, and learning from their mistakes when they're not right, and generally becoming a better and better problem solver. But you've got to have that end in mind, not only as a result to manifest, a place to end up, but a place to, a, a direction to help determine a direction when you take that very first step, and then to reorient over and over again as you get closer and closer. Ready, aim, fire, aim, 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 aim. What are the two techniques? Well, the first technique will appeal to those of you who like to write things down, who like to journal or write to-do lists. It's a kind of a to-do list. It's a goals list. And in the literature of personal and spiritual development. It's often referred to, well, by the name of the book, it's simply called It Works. Okay? It Works. That's the name of the book. It Works. Now, it's actually more of a booklet or a pamphlet than any real book. It's published by a big metaphysical publishing house in Marina del Rey, California. Uh you know, the the Oceanside of Los Angeles. They're called Devor's, D-E-V-O-R-S-S, Devor's Publishing. They've been publishing it since the 1930s. There are tens of millions of copies of this book in print. The author is a fellow named Jarrett, with a J, but you won't find it by his name. He uses the initials to remain anonymous. He uses his his, his his initials RHJ. Right. RHJ. The author of the It Works book. And I think they're three dollars or three fifty. Um uh, this was shown to me in the early seventies by a teacher of mine, an amazing man, that just walked up to me one day and said, Mr. Benner, you need to know me. And it turned out I really did need to know him. He was a remarkable teacher of metaphysics to me for two or three years in Detroit. And then he vaporized. He just disappeared. I don't know where he went. But uh, he showed me this book, It Works. And at the time, I was paying 50 cents a copy for it and given them out, I'd buy dozens of them at a time, and and, uh, I've given them to everybody that I love and care about. It's such a simple three-step technique for writing down what you want, for writing down your goals, your solutions, your desired outcomes and results, and then the idea is you read that list over and over again, Ideally, three times a day. It's not a whole lot of time. I mean, how long could your list be? Even if it took 30 seconds to pull this out of your pocket and read it, and then stick it back in your pocket, if you did that three times a day, that's 90 seconds out of your life. But what it does is it, it's like your, your honey-do list you know, that your husband or wife gave you. Uh, milk, butter, bread, eggs, it reorients you. (laughs) It reminds you, in the midst of all the negative thinking that we do in our daily life and affairs, oh, yeah, here are the goals. That's all it is. It's a reminder. Oh, yeah, here's where I'm headed. You know, this is the ideal home that I expect to be able to buy in, well, let's see, what are we down to? Three years now. I'm going to own this home, right? Right. Or six months from now, I'm going to drive this car. And, and you didn't write down a new car, because if you did, you might get a new car, but you might not be happy with it. you got to write down the make, the model, the style, whether it's got a sunroof. I mean, everything about it. In as much detail as possible. It's part of the magic of how a list like this works. So I highly recommend that you go to Amazon, or if you like to patronize neighborhood bookstores, go to your local neighborhood bookstore, and certainly they can order it for you if they don't have it. Uh, I remember the Bodhi Tree in West Hollywood, I used to get it there, but they were often out of it. And uh, the Alexandria too in Pasadena, uh, I used to get it there, and also the Psychic Eye. There's a psychic high in Burbank and one in Sherman Oaks. And I think another one out in Woodland Hills, someplace they used to have it. But they sell so many of them. Again, the book's 80 years old, but they sell so many of them that they're off and out. So call before you go over there. Again, simply, it works. Expect to pay three or three and a half dollars for it. Buy two or three of them because you want to give them away. And the author is R.H.J., It Works by R.H.J., published by DeVores, D-E-V-O-R-S-S, in Marina Del Rey. Read the book. It will take you about 20 to 30 minutes to read the whole pamphlet. It's just a little booklet. Read the book three times before you make your list. You could do that in an hour and a half. You could read it three times in a row. You could read it once a day for three days or every other day for a week. But after you've read the It Works book three times all the way through, (laughs) it's not that much, then begin to make your list. Carry the list with you. The list will morph and change for you, not only as you begin to attain the, the goals you've written there, But also your priorities change. It's amazing how in the initial days of writing the list, your priorities will change, and you want to put the list in order. So you may have to rewrite the list a couple of times, but again, this is no big endeavor. This is easy-peasy, a matter of a minute or two. Then keep that list with you in your pocket or your purse or your wallet and read it three times a day. Sit down, set aside 30 seconds or maybe one entire minute to focusing on your goals list, your worksbook list. Giving no thought as to what it's going to take to get here, only putting your attention on the goal or the solution. So that the subconscious mind, the 95% of your potential that most people don't use, right, except. On autopilot, can cooperate and conspire with you to help you attain that goal by working on the problem 24-7, even while you're asleep, and creating all kinds of opportunities, little insights of what to do next, or who to call, or, oh, I just got a good idea, or amazing things happen. Sometimes uh, you find people call you. You know, they say, I heard you were looking for <laughs> a such and such. I just happen to have one for sale. The It Works book is one of two techniques. The other technique I want to tell you about that I'll guide you through in today's exercise is a visualization, a guided meditation process. Uh, this is pretty standard uh, core hypnotherapy it's the law of attraction, it's um magnetizing, it's um occult manifestation. And let me say, you know, since many of you are very advanced students here and you understand the traps and the hazards around using mind science and references to spirituality to create material things. Let me say simply that anything done for the greater good of all concerned is to a philosopher the equivalent of a Christian saying in Christ name, or a Buddha saying you know, in the name of Buddha consciousness or a Muslim or Sufi saying, Allah Akbar, God is great Um, to say this I do for the greater good of all concerned, or if it's God's will, you could say, provided it's God's will then it's cool well, Buddhist might say, "Oh no, you got to have Buddha consciousness," or a Christian might say, "Oh no, it's got to be in the name of Christ." You know, a Buddhist, he was, he was really a, sa- a satanic. You uh, got a lot of infighting in the religions. Well, maybe not so much with Buddhism; they're pretty tolerant. But you're going to get these warnings and these injunctions. But again, I-, I can tell you from the point of view of somebody who approaches all religions comparatively and all philosophy in a comparative way that the teachers seem to agree outside of and beyond religion, arcane or esoteric philosophers agree that as long as you don't use these kinds of powers without regard for their impact on other people if you use it only for the separated self um This is dark magic. This is black magic, then. Right? You say, well, you're talking about cars and houses and material things. Isn't that like borderline magic? Isn't this a cult? Isn't it satanic? Isn't it of the flesh and the material world? Yeah. So if you don't want to do it, don't do it. My feeling, however, and the feeling of a lot of other people in the field is, do it for the greater good of all. You know, remind yourself that that new car that you're getting is primarily for transportation, and maybe you don't have to waste a lot of money on uh, unnecessary luxuries. But it would be an efficient and a, a way to be more effective in the world. You could uh, help your friends get transportation. And, You get everybody down to the anti-war rally if you had a decent car that ran. You deserve that. You can have that. As long as the things that we desire or seek to acquire in life, if our intention is that they benefit, the greatest good of all concerned, that's the same as being in the name of the Christ or in alignment with Buddha consciousness. Right Just everything you do should be for the greater good, and if it's not, if you find yourself in a place of well, I don't care, then you shouldn't be using these powers because the karma is too funky uh, you're gonna you're gonna reap what you sow, and if this is done the, with a selfish interest or disregard to other people, um, you're asking for trouble. Again, not because some god is going to judge you and punish you or condemn you to hell or hurl lightning bolts down upon you, but what religious people call god, philosophers understand, is law. So it's like messing with gravity. You mess with gravity, you're going to pay a price. <laughs> if you jump out of an airplane, you better know the parachute works. You can pray all you want. But that parachute better work. Okay. We'll have to do a program on prayer one day. and Because um, I am one who believes that prayer works, but for totally different reasons than most religious people who are petitioning uh, this personal God to intervene. Uh, even a high school football game or basketball game, they pray for God to intervene to intercede to make your team win, which to me is heretical. It's blasphemous. Imagine praying to God for your team to win, (laughs) to choose. What kind of God would this be that that decides the outcome in a high school football game? So I'd I'd like to address that one of these times. Basically, in philosophy, that which is understood by religious people as the supreme creator or God is unmoved, unmoving, and unmovable. It is progressive, but it doesn't go anyplace. It's not moving, right? It's law. And uh, to begin to think of God, uh, the Father aspect anyway, as petitionable Um uh, I like, you know, many Christians will even say, I like this phrase, that prayer does not move God. Prayer moves the one who prays into alignment with your divine source. That's the way I see it. Right? It's a matter. It, it's uh, it, it works, and the law of attraction is the same thing. You can call this prayer as a petition. But the degree to which we do reap what we sow, especially in these focused minds, the alpha brainwave level, is that uh, we we are eliminating our resistance to the power, the energy, the spirit that is life itself, by any name. Holy Spirit, Ruach, uh, Chi, Ki, Kundalini, Prana, I don't vital it doesn't matter what name you have of this energy uh, in physics it's just called energy there's energy and matter that's all you got right and even the matter is really energy it locked in this uh, in this form in this appearance of shape and form in this appearance of separation so uh, yeah I'll do that I, I, I will I'll, I'll do it a program on the differences between prayer and meditation. I think that would be worthy of some exploration. Alright, so the second technique which I'm going to um, walk you through after the questions and comments, I want want to go to those now. So if you're going to use the text box on the page in front of you, do so now if you haven't already put your name and city in there be sure and hit the submit button if you're on the telephone or going to the telephone remember there's a 15 second delay in the web feed so that you won't be confused by that telephone is truly live 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 no delay and uh, star 2 once you're all hooked up you enter the conference ID you're confirmed as on board you can hear the feed R 2 on the telephone touchpad will get my attention, and I can unmute one at a time. So let's do that in just a second, and then after that we'll do the second technique. It's called the mirror of the mind. Again, it is the law of attraction, but done in the alpha brainwave level. Uh, The mental mirror, the mirror of the mind, the use of the mind's eye, mind mapping, there's lots of names for this. It's basically visualizing yourself already having what it is, acting as if you've taken a trip forward in time and you've already got this desired outcome. It's very similar to the worksbook technique, except this is a way to do it in a folk relaxed, safe, secure uh, again, what can I say but focused level of mind all of your mental and emotional power focused on this one thing for moments at a time, three, four, five seconds 10 seconds at a time you can see how that's going to be much more powerful than one of 15 thoughts that ran through your mind every second So uh, we'll walk you through that in just a second. Let's go to the uh, question page here. Hold on a sec. All right, first of all, in Thousand Oaks, Mark Backrack is with us. Hello, Mark. He says, hey, Michael, thanks for the Facebook post. And is Steve still doing shows? And, yeah, Steve and I do a – we were talking about this briefly at the very top of today's class. Steve and I still do a premium audio program. That we uh, sell for 99 cents at uh, our sister website focusedpassion.com. So you can subscribe for 3.96 a month. That's 99 cents a week, or you can buy past programs still for 99 cents. Uh, The feed's going to stay the same. I think we're going to raise the price um, of the archive programs. But um, right now it's ninety nine cents. However you get it, we've got uh, just over a hundred and thirty uh, programs, part of a series we call "Finding Yourself in Paradise," and um, that supports this, and so we support that. These are sort of our twin projects. If this, if both are spiritual, personal, and spiritual development. The Mystery School leans a little more toward spiritual. The focused passion site a little more toward the personal. But uh, that's it. Let me say, uh, Mark is a friend of mine for many years and uh, a great hypnotist, hypnotist, hypnotherapist also, but he's a stage hypnotist. He's probably better known for his stage uh, hypnotism. And he had a video posted on Facebook this week that I thought was pretty funny. So I I gave him the thumbs up. Thanks for being with us, Mark. Carol Postel from La Habra. Hello, Carol. She says, hi, Michael. Hello, Doreen. In Albuquerque, Diane. Hello, Diane. She says, solving problems supports mental health. A chemical is released, one focusing to solve a problem that research shows fights Alzheimer's. Uh, none have one of the lowest incidences of Alzheimer's and they believe it's because they work and solve problems through their later years nuns also have the highest number of oh I didn't know that, centurions people over a hundred so one could consider that our problem to be solved are actually gifts that produce and develop our mental capabilities, that's a nice way of looking at it and uh, certainly true Even people who work crossword puzzles and read books and just stay mentally active are going to live a lot longer, uh, avoid dementia, Alzheimer's, and uh, many of the other byproducts of civility. It's just that use it or lose it deal. So thanks, Donna, for that. Phil Jaffe in Canoga Park, uh, hello, this is great. Exactly what I stayed up late with my radio for years to listen to. He's talking about the old radio days. Thanks, Phil. Lorelei in Tucson says, Aloha, Michael. Uh, finally turning the doubt and fear ahead from focusing on what I don't want into excitement by focusing on what I do want. Peace and love to you and Doreen. Thanks, Lorelei. Yeah, I don't know where we get the idea that running away from what we do not want is a goal Uh, because that's most people's lives, just avoiding disaster, right? (laughs) And again, trying to get to a place where there are no problems, good luck, right? you ever find anybody that doesn't have problems, I'd love to meet them. I'd love to meet them. The richest people I know have problems. Buddhist monks and enlightened people I know have problems. The, the idea is to be a <laughs> to be a better and better problem solver. With us from uh, Hollywood is Tony today. Hi, Tony. He says, uh, "Love this show, and thanks for the book recommendation. Can you recommend a quick technique to help release stress?" and muscular tension for use in a situation where you can't close your eyes and meditate. Thanks. Yeah, I definitely can. It's um, basically breathe and relax, Tony. The breath alone is the one first and most important physiological response to manage. If you did nothing in a stressful situation... But consciously and deliberately, slow your breathing down. Whenever possible, make it nasal breathing, not mouth breathing. Right, Slow and deep, filling your lungs, and then as you exhale, going beyond the point where you normally stop all the way out. And do that. Just Even if you just did that three or four times, or if you did it six or eight times, that might take a whole minute. Then if you combine, especially on the exhale side, you combine that slow deep breathing with a feeling of letting go, of muscular tension falling away, like like armor dropping off of you. Or... Um, Feel yourself laying on the beach. This works for me. Just think about how it feels to, like, put down a towel or get on a chaise in a nice, warm, sunny situation, and you can feel the warmth, the gentle warmth of the sun on your skin, and how that warmth encourages you to relax. You can bring that to mind. Or, I like the feeling, frankly, of. Softening like butter. This is an ancient technique that the, the Tibetans use. Like they talk about lard in the sunshine. Uh, just think of a stick of butter that you leave out on the countertop on a warm day. It doesn't change shape. It doesn't. It doesn't melt necessarily. Looks the same, but it's soft. Now you can spread it on your toast real easy, right? Well, imagine yourself as a a cold stick of butter slowly softening or um, uh, yielding, if you will. Or for children, we use the image of a snowman melting, something that they can relate to. fits their frame of reference. So the breathing, number one. If you can add in the feeling of letting go, especially on the exhale side, number two. And then... Number three is close your eyes. But you're saying, well, what if I can't close my eyes? I'm at work. You do number one and two. Anything after that that might help would have to be in the area of positive thinking and affirmation, um, chanting. Maybe you have a little chant that you say to yourself or a positive statement that you say. Um, that would be something to consider as well. Thanks, Tom uh, Dorena is with us, Dorena Stern from Tribuco Canyon. Hello, Dorina. She says, uh, such a pleasure to listen to you live. These ideas are so powerful and useful in getting through life when there's a situation that seems impossible to change. Yeah. If we can just remember that the game is really rigged, that the universe is on our side and wants us. Is conspiring with us to help us figure stuff out. I like the uh, phrase in Paulo Coelho's book, *The Alchemist*, where um, he has the well, the character that is the al- uh, alchemist, that is the magician, has him say at one point to our protagonist when you follow your legend, the universe will conspire to support you. When you follow your legend, meaning when you follow your heart or you follow your dreams, the universe will conspire to support you. And that's, again, law. That's unmovable. It's not a matter of praying to anything that's going to or any one that's going to make up your mind for you. The prayer puts you, if anything, in alignment, as I said before. All that letting go, open and receptive, even if only to a good idea. A, hey, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I just realized I could do this and this. Let's check that out. Right? Um, or that... You know, the coming of light, that aha, where suddenly you see the whole answer just blinding you sometimes. Sometimes it'll creep in on cats' feet, you know. Talk about the dawning of an idea the the light comes fairly slowly. But to to, to promote the insight, we need to, to relax. And we'll talk more about this next week, of course, when we talk about this other kind of problem, well, maybe a more common problem, well... I don't even know what I want. I don't know the goal or the solution, the desired outcome or result. It might be right here in front of me. It might already be solved, and I just don't know. Maybe I've got three or four solutions. And uh, they all look good, or none of them seem quite right. What am I going to do then? Well, I'll have three techniques for you next week for helping you to realize the and I like that word, realize, to recognize, to realize, to stand again, open and receptive to the inspiration, to allow life to breathe into you, to inspire you, as part of this grand conspiracy that is life experiencing itself, unfolding itself, and If, as I say, you see adversity in everyone's life, you see adversity in the mineral kingdom, you see it in the plant kingdom, you see it in the animal kingdom, we call adversity problems in the human kingdom, you're not going to find anybody or anything that is free from this adversity, from conflict, from things going south and falling apart. It's the one thing you can guarantee. And the idea that if you had enough money or enough prestige or leverage or status or the ability to intimidate, then you wouldn't have any problems is absurd. You need to go hang around some rich and powerful people and see how messed up they are. And then go hang around with some very impoverished people. And you'll see at both ends of the spectrum, both extremes, the very rich and the very poor, you'll see people that are happy and people that are not happy. But everybody's got problems. Uh, Money often creates more problems. It's only when you don't have enough money that you believe that money would solve your problems. When you get lots and lots and lots of money, you find out well, it solved those problems I used to have when all I needed was money. But (laughs) suddenly, Life has given me all these other problems, right? There's no escape in it. So this is, uh, this is the whole idea of face it. Sit right in the middle of it. Look at your problems. Face it. Let's do this technique, this mirror the mind technique, okay? And I want you to think of a problem in your life, in your daily life and affairs that is of the type we've talked about today. In other words, it's one of those problems where I know what I want. I I do know the solution. I've got a dream. I can see it. I can feel it. I can taste it. Oh, boy, I'm so close. I want it. But my problem has been how? What do I need to do to, to get it? or get there or make it happen well you need to think positively because that's all the mind knows how to do again as I demonstrated earlier if I tell you not to think of something you're going to think of it anyway that's how the mind works and so be sure you think of what you want rather than focusing on what you don't want let me say real quickly before we do this there is a role for negative thinking, of course, in the life of a positive thinker, but understanding these principles says I can't dwell upon the negative. If I dwell on the negative, then it becomes my goal. It becomes the outcome that I begin to move toward. Right? Not that you want it, but you fear it, and if you fear it, you fixate on it and it's like planting weed seeds instead of what you really want to grow. So, on the other hand, to ignore and deny the possibility of the negative would just be foolish. So a positive thinker, someone who uses the kinds of techniques we're talking about here, has to be elegant and efficient in their negative thinking. It's a process I call worry once. And it simply means look at the worst-case scenario. Do this quickly in your mind's eye. Decide what you would do if the worst possible thing happened. You didn't get your goal or your solution or things even got worse than they are now. What would you do? Decide, yeah, that's pretty ugly. That's pretty horrible. (laughs) That would be pretty bad. But I can see myself getting through that. I know how I do that. Then you move into the positive, and if your mind says to you, wait a minute, you haven't yet looked at every possible way this thing could fall apart, you remind that fear that you can't afford to do that. If you looked at every possible way things could fail, you'd be promoting the failure because of the self-fulfilling nature of the mind. So you have to worry once, go to the worst case scenario and just say, look, if If this happens, it'd be horrible, but I'd get by, I'd do this and this and this. So anything short of that, I can handle. And now, from this point forward, I'm going to look at the positive. So negative thinking has a role in the life of a positive thinker, but it needs to be concise, succinct, uh, elegant, and just go to the worst case. You don't have to review every permutation. Just go to the worst case look at it for a minute, decide what you would do, then take a breath, let it go, and follow it with the technique that we're about to do. The Mirror of the Mind. Close your eyes, take a breath, and relax. Ah, get comfortable. Take two, or three, or four nice, slow, deep breaths, filling your lungs with power and strength, and As you exhale, feel the letting go from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, muscles relaxing and unwinding. Create and sense a letting go feeling, softening like butter on a warm day. And begin to visualize yourself in a beautiful, natural place, an outdoor garden or paradise. A place where you're truly secure. Where you feel safe and relaxed. And as you imagine this garden, a sunny meadow, cool forested area high mountain valley, lonely stretch of isolated beach, whatever, wherever, a place entirely from your imagination or the images of a beautiful natural place, very much like some place you've actually visited before. Imagine walking through this place, allowing my voice to go with you, and listening, as you do, for the sounds of birds singing, and the feeling you just made that up is exactly right. So (laughs) it's really not an effort, it's a letting go, isn't it? You don't have to force that to happen. Just allow yourself to hear birds singing and listen. See? And you can do the same thing with the wind and the tops of the tallest trees. Listen very carefully for the sound of the breezes and the tops of the trees. you may be able to feel the gentle warmth of the sun or if you're in the shade or a cool forested place you can feel that too if you're down by the water, a little stream you can feel the humidity down there or the spray from the waterfall and you find a spot a place to sit upon the earth and you feel rooted or plugged into the earth. Grounded. As if like a tree or a bush or a blade of grass, you too have roots that reach deep into the earth. And feel yourself grounded or plugged into the earth. Feel that connection. And as you sit there, grounded into this, well, grounded into the earth in in this area that surrounds you that is so beautiful and and so peaceful, I want you to imagine that about 15 or 20 feet in front of you is a beautiful freestanding mirror. And it's a magnificent mirror, looks like it may have been made for a for royalty. And if the frame is made of wood in the stand in which it sits, it must be the most beautiful wood, the most valuable of hardwoods, carved with great care and skill by expert craftsmen. So beautiful and magnificent is this mirror, or perhaps it's gilded and there's jewels in the mirror. However it occurs to you, see this magnificent mirror standing in the meadow, in the forest, right in front of you, 15 or 20 feet in front of you, as you sit upon the earth in your place of perfect peace. And in the mirror, I want you to see a problem that is of the type we've talked about today. It's a problem for which you know the answer. In fact, you may know several solutions or ways of resolving this problem goals or desired results but in the mirror I want you to see the problem as reflected in your life today why it's a problem imagine the feeling you're making it up again is exactly right as if it were projected into this mirror an image of you experiencing this one particular problem that you've chosen from your current life. And then I want you to imagine counting from three to one so that in a moment when you get to the number one, that picture will change to the solution that you've chosen. For this is that type of problem, you already have a solution in mind. So as we count together, three, two, one, the image in that mirror now changes. And you see the solution. You see the solution, the outcome, already manifested, already here, reflected in the mirror. And I want you to imagine... Physically, you need not move at all, but I want you to imagine standing and walking slowly toward that mirror, and as you approach it, like Alice, through the looking glass, I want you to step into the mirror, right through the glass, and as if taking a trip forward in time, move into the future, into that mirror and experience yourself already having the solution in place. So if it's a new job, that dream job, that ideal job, right now you're doing it. Do You feel yourself at work on this new job. If it's a job where you like to be with people, you're surrounded by people. If it's a job where you do better being left alone, you've got that private office. Imagine yourself really feeling like you do this job well. Imagine your boss, your supervisor, giving you a pat on the back, saying, you're doing a great job. And feel how that feels in your body. Imagine yourself going to the bank on Friday afternoon and putting in a check that finally reflects the quality of the work that you do for the first time perhaps in your whole life you're getting paid what you're worth and you're proud of yourself as you put that money in the bank because you know you earned every penny of that and you feel good about the exchange that you've made and look forward to being able to pay your bills without stress or anxiety If it's a new car that you need, some decent transportation, see yourself having that car, already owning it. Imagine driving it down the street. Feel how the steering wheel feels in your hands. Notice all the cool things on the dashboard. Turn up the radio. Open the sunroof or roll down the windows or... Imagine your spouse, your partner, one of your best friends, or your kids in the car with you, really enjoying this new ride, or new to you, maybe it's a previously owned car, it doesn't have to be brand spanking new, whatever you desire, imagine yourself already having it, give no thought as to what it would take to get here when you do this exercise Simply experience yourself already having here and now your goal or solution, your desired outcome. Maybe your wish is to have more friends. Maybe you're just lonely and you want real friends. Well, imagine yourself in a, a house party or a group situation, a meeting or a classroom with a bunch of people you really, really like. And you like them sincerely and genuinely and you can feel the same feelings directed toward you. And as the party or the meeting breaks up, everybody shakes hands and hugs and looks forward to the next meeting. You simply experience yourself already having this goal or solution, whatever it is you desire, giving at this point no thought as to what it would take to get here. You will do that with your eyes open as you go about your daily life. You'll do lots of planning and figuring it out. Ready, aim, fire, and then you will aim, aim, aim. Plenty of time for that with your eyes open right now. Just be the target, be the goal, be the destination, be here, now. Soak it up. And then say to yourself, and so it is. It is done. And feel a letting go feeling. In fact, I'd like you to imagine that you're holding a pink balloon. And it's filled with helium. And as you let go of the string tied to that pink balloon right now, let it go. Feel the letting go. Because there's helium in that balloon, it floats up and away. And I want you to feel the release and watch that pink balloon floating away. Carrying with it the energy that it takes. For this outcome to manifest in your life. But feel the release, the turning it over. It's like planting a seed in the ground, watering it, and then standing up, dusting yourself off and walking away, knowing you've turned it over to a higher power. Planting the seed or releasing the pink balloon, that letting go, is turning it over to the universe, to the higher power. You do this for the greater good of all concerned. Or if your orientation is more religious, you could say, as if to God provided this is your will, or provided that it is of divine accord. A little qualifier in there. Or for the greater good of all. You see? And then reorient yourself toward the room, toward my voice, remembering what you'll see in a moment when I ask you to open your eyes. And bring that feeling of already having it with you, effortlessly, back into the room as you inhale slowly. Fill your lungs. There you go. Hold for a moment. Exhale now, slowly. And open your eyes wide awake and alert, back in the room, feeling fine. Ah, all rested and refreshed and positive and motivated and enthusiastic. And now your mind is programmed. It'll work 24-7, even as you sleep, to help you look in the right direction. To see what you might have overlooked. To find the opportunity you might have missed. And even to offer little problems, it could give you insight into how to approach more effectively this larger solution. Open yourself to all kinds of possibilities and synchronicities. Hey, thanks very much for being here today. Next week, Lesson 5, which again is the decision-making, that's the complement to today, like, hey, what if I don't have a goal? I want to write it on my works book list, and I, I try to visualize it in that mirror-the-mind thing that you did, but uh, it's not specific. It's vague and hazy, and I guess I really don't know what I want. I'll give you three techniques next week for decision-making, and then the following week we'll wrap it up with number six on peak performance. I want to remind you that the Mystery School is free as is the newsletter, the eBooks and the articles, and uh, the uh, the community, the social net at theagelesswisdom.ning.com. Check that out. I just put up a six-part BBC video on stress and stress management. You're going to love. Sign up and sign in at theagelesswisdom.ning, N-I-N-G, theagelesswisdom.ning.com. Get in. It's like Facebook for our people, for people that are in the personal and spiritual development. Uh, fill out your profile, check those videos, post some pictures or an MP3, have some fun. You can even customize the appearance of your own page. But all of this and more is brought to you by the project that Steve Snyder and I do together at Focused Passion and this is our premium audio in personal and spiritual development. The series is called Finding Yourself in Paradise, studio quality, compelling conversation, and guided meditation in every one of these programs for $0.99. Programs like this normally sell. You can check audiobooks, uh, audible.com. Audiobooks like this are usually $15, $20 each, we ask $0.99. Cents. For that program, in a subscription, three ninety six a month. You can unsubscribe at any time. The tools are on your webpage. You don't have to even come to us. You can unsubscribe any you want. Um, and that's what helps make all of this possible. We also encourage you to use the Send One to a Friend gadget at Focused Passion. And we also have one at the Archives for the Ageless Wisdom. Forward these programs. Pay it forward. Share what works for you. Let people know there are solutions to their problems, and they can heal their broken hearts with personal and spiritual development, practical, utilitarian tools and techniques here. Spread the word for free. And if, as a subscriber, at less than $4 a month, you can help support the whole thing, help us, help others, we'd really, really appreciate that. So check it out. There's six programs for free. If you just leave an email and your first name, you get a free account. At least do that at FocusedPassion.com. Remember the ED after the W's, it's FocusedPassion. Well, it's a dot, right? <laughs> After the W's dot Focused with an E D Focused Passion dot com As always be gentle, love life and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. Aloha from Maui.